Tu voto cuenta. Welcome to Build by Us, a podcast created by Democracy North Carolina, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization dedicated to building a political system that works for all. My name is Ish Rodriguez. I'm your host. And in this episode, Taylor and I sat down with Hillary Teodel from Appalachian State University to talk about our recently released Latinx report, how that affects Hillary all the way over here at Appalachian State, and how that's affecting the greater state of North Carolina. Hillary and I shared a lot of our personal experiences, and we're really excited for you to hear about them. So, here we go. My favorite part about this Latinx report is how it just really emphasizes how, like, the composition of our state is changing. Like, this isn't just something that, oh, this just happened, and, like, now it's going to stop. It's like, this is something that's happening, it's going to continue to happen, and it's going to play a large role in this upcoming election, and... It just all the information in it, like I wouldn't have even known that. And like I'm a part of that community. And so it's just really great to see that things are changing. So last week we released our Latinx report. It was something that our researcher was working on for the past year, really, to specifically highlight Latinx communities in North Carolina, because that is the demographic of people that is growing the fastest and had the most exciting turnout in the 2018 election. So some of the key findings from this report include the fact that the number of Latinx voters in North Carolina has quadrupled since 2008. So like as of summer 2019, there was almost 200,000 self-identified Latinx registered to vote in North Carolina. And that's accounting for 2.9 percent of North Carolina's 6.6 million registered voters. And the greatest number of Latinx voters are concentrated in urban counties, while Latinx make up a greater share of registered voters in several southeastern counties like Cumberland, Johnston, Mecklenburg, Onslow, they're all in the top 10 for both number and percentage of registered voters. And then Latinx voter turnout surged in 2018 specifically. 35% of Latinx registered voters cast a ballot in 2018, which is compared to just 20% in 2014. And specifically, the county with the most Latinx voters was Mecklenburg, where over 12,000 Latinxes casted their ballot. So yeah, this report gave us a lot of important information about the Latinx community here in North Carolina and their participation rates, which I feel like some people would probably underestimate in a great way. And this report's a big eye-opener to that. So Taylor and I are actually here today with a special guest. Special guest? you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Hilary Teoyot, and I am a student at Appalachian State University, and I am the current president of the Hispanic Student Association. So the Latinx report highlights a lot of important things that are happening in North Carolina as a state, but like I know personally for Hillary and I, we go to Appalachian State University, and we can see a lot of changes happening in our school as well. So like even just from here at App in 2010, there was only like almost 500 Latinx identifying students, and now there's over 1,300. So that makes us like the largest minority population on campus, right, Hillary? So even though we are the largest minority group on this campus, oftentimes people don't recognize that because a lot of Latinx students are very are either like they are white passing students and they are just like ignored in their like classrooms. So like even then, HSA on this campus has been here for about 20 years and we are still not a university funded organization or a department affiliated organization for a better term, which to me doesn't make sense because we are the largest group and the only multicultural organization that is department affiliated right now is a black student association. 
I just, I personally see that a lot too. And I just feel like the way the university allocates their resources specifically to multicultural organizations isn't exactly equitable in a way. There's obviously plenty of interest in other multicultural organizations and the numbers are there and the students are there and they're, they're willing to show up. And they're still not recognizing that, hey, like we're a large group on this campus, too. We also need some some resources. And typically a lot of people just assume that the largest marginalized community on this campus is black or African-American students. And that's just not correct when you look at the numbers they've showed for the past like nine years that. Latinx identifying students have been in the largest marginalized group on this campus. No, oh, yeah. And like students show out, students like are in these leadership roles, students are like in these classrooms. And like no matter how many students are like advocating for themselves, it oftentimes feels like nothing's changing. And it sounds like it's a visibility problem, which makes me think of some the thing that you told me yesterday, Alyssa, about the visibility of white versus black and then the other um, groups not being as visible. Yeah. So a little bit about what Taylor's talking about. I recently was talking to someone about this upcoming presidential election and they were like, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever see an Asian president in my lifetime or even a Latinx president in my lifetime. I don't know if I'll ever see that. And I was like, oh, like, why do you say that? Just because I wasn't really thinking too much about it. And I was just like, well, why why do you say that? And they're like, because in America, people want to vote for a president that they feel looks American. When people look at individuals who are Asian identifying or Latinx identifying, they don't think of American. But if somebody looks at a white person or they look at a black person, they're like, okay, like that's American. That's what America looks like. And they associate the identities with America, whereas they don't do the same with people of Asian or Latinx descent. You know, our society has created this this visibility of what is American. And when you don't look really obviously white or black, yeah. then it feels like it's something else. Did y'all know like the first language spoken in the Americas was Spanish? It's real interesting when you know when people start saying like, oh, like this is America, yeah. speak English. Oh, so it's like, what are you talking about? But talking about like American and Latinidad or like identifying as Latinx, it's like really complex, especially because we actually like in HSA, we just talked about this last week. We had a whole conversation about like how a lot of students, when you ask them like, are you American? Like, yes, they are US citizens, but they will not say they're American. Yeah. Even though they are like these yeah. students are here. They have like full on rights as in like quote unquote like an American but they don't feel like that and it's so frustrating because it it puts this like burden on them is it are you saying like they don't they don't want that identity either no it's like it's like an us versus them because it's always been like us versus them mentality like if that makes sense like when somebody says American they're thinking about like somebody who's like Caucasian but then they could be like a white passing Latino and they won't feel like they're American Talking about visibility and how, Taylor, you mentioned, like, this is, like, a visibility issue. I don't even, Hillary, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like the Latinx community here at App is very visible. And it's almost just like they're being ignored, in a sense, because, like, Hillary can tell you, like, HSA, they show up. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, this past week, we had the Hispanic Heritage Festival, and we had, like, the biggest room booked. And, like, it was packed. Like, we were, like, overboard. We ran out of food. We ran out of drinks. Like, we were, like completely packed and it's like these programs that we're putting on for like the student population these students show out and they show support 
And it's like frustrating because people act like we're not here. Yeah. And even it's not even just like Latinx identifying people or people going specifically for their Hispanic heritage. It's like other students are there, too, to like appreciate the culture and see what's going on and be involved with the community. So it's just really frustrating when we feel like the university isn't recognizing us and the students are recognizing us in a large way. And we're still not even on that level. Right. Because it's not supposed to be insular. It's not supposed to be just Latinx hanging out with Latinx. Like like you said, other students are interested and want to learn. And that would fix some of the visibility, right? If other kids who are white or identify something else are seeing more of it, because if you have will of the students that want funding for certain things, that's also helpful. It's like I know since I've been president right now, we have made it like like we've been intentional about not just like partnering up with the other orgs just to partner up. We're like trying to build those like bridges with these other organizations, because at the end of the day, like we're the most underrepresented communities Mm -hmm. and app is like is predominantly white. And if we're not like helping each other and supporting each other to overcome these like issues that we're all facing because it's not like just affecting the Latinx community. It's like all of us. It's like there's no point, you know. And it's, I feel like it's important to say that, like, when Hillary says we are all experiencing this, like, we do go to a PWI, and there is a majority of white students on this campus, except, like, I personally consistently see marginalized students putting in a large amount of work, and it's almost just like, they're doing this, and they're so seen, and they're so visual, and it just goes right back to, like, hey, we're out here, we're doing this, and we still don't see you all, even though you're so here and doing so much. We still don't see you. Like, yes. <laughs> like, most of the student leaders that I know come from underrepresented backgrounds. And and it's so crazy for me to hear that, like, the percentage of marginalized students at Appalachian State is 17%, I think, now. And that's like a crazy number. That is really small. And when I hear that number, I'm like, how is that number so small? Because I see so many marginalized students every day in, like, important spaces and, like, at events and leading organizations and leading clubs. And it's like, how is the number so small? But they're everywhere and they're doing so much. And, like, I think it also goes back to, like, we surround ourselves by people who, like, push us forward and so like for me it's like I'm always surrounded by like strong-minded individuals who want to make sure that like regardless what organization they are like that their members are being advocated for and being pushed forward and so it's like it's crazy because like I don't know I'm just always in the union talking to student leaders trying to see what we're gonna do next (laughs) and I guess thinking about if you if you look at like BSA and they they are the only ones that get funding it's like you're jealous of them because they have the funding, but you just have to remember that if you all are working together because with everyone's equity is linked, then if you continue to build each other up, then there should be, you know, you have to fight for everyone at the same time. Because like you said, like it's not just one group at a time. And it's like from my experience, BSA is aware and they're always willing to help out HSA. Any organization, like any programs that we've been trying to partner up and like that we do partner up, BSA is always willing to help us out. And like to me, that means a lot because like we're like, I'm gonna just be honest, like HSA's budget is not that big. Yeah. Like we struggle to like do great programs, like when we can do great programs, like we do them, but it's always like money's always in the back of our mind. Like how are we going to fund our next project? And so it's like really good to see that like, yes, BSA has resources that we don't have access to, but they're so willing to let us partner up and be able to like contribute to something larger i feel like even hearing that it just more emphasizes how it's not the students that are like doing this because the students are willing to help each other it's more like 
the administration and how they view things. And maybe because, like, the administration aren't students like Hillary and I. They aren't in the union talking to students all the time. And they're not seeing, like, who these leaders are and who is in these spaces and who's going to these events. And so they're just assuming we're not because we're a small percentage, but we still are. Yeah, which which makes sense because if you think about administrators' jobs, they're looking at numbers, right? They're not hanging out with y'all, seeing what's happening. So it's not surprising that they're unaware, honestly, of what's actually going on. And I think going back to Latinx report, I think that really just proves on a larger scale how a lot of North Carolinians are unaware of the exact same issues that Hillary and I are talking about here at our university, but they're happening in our state all the time. Yeah, it's like a microcosm. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the reasons that we wanted to put out this Latinx report is because we know that there are a lot of barriers coming up to voting in 2020. There's the new photo ID. Early voting locations have been cut and taken away. Specifically, they're usually taken out of communities of color, you know, where it's harder to use public transportation, things like that. And so we wanted to highlight it now to kind of give one, like, shout out the Latinx community for showing up when a lot of times the, the false narrative is that, you know, people of color don't show up, right? But then there's this other issue of, you know, groups like us and other groups and just general, we think, okay, so since people of color are historically marginalized, usually, you know, all the voter suppression tactics are going to them, then we have to make sure that we're focusing on the people of color to make sure that they don't get suppressed, right? So, that's a that's a good thing that we're working on that. But it also creates this weird like lens on communities like like Latinx community that, oh, they always have issues voting yeah. like we always need to help them. So it's like this weird both and. That's real funny because I'm the one that's reaching out to voter registrators. I really want to make sure HSA will get registered to vote. Because I, for me, like, I haven't had trouble voting and my family, like, all of them vote. But that's because of their status, like, they're able to. But I know a lot of communities, a lot of people who, like, either are, like, first gen, their parents, like, can't vote, but they are. They're willing, but it comes with this, like, fear. And so, like, because they're here at App State, it's, like this like separation so I want to be able to like empower them and be like hey like you can vote and like your families will still be okay and like I really want to make sure because especially with this upcoming election it's a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people and a lot of like families especially with the ice raids that were happening earlier this year in Charlotte or like all over North Carolina people were scared a lot of people were afraid of what was going to happen because it was so uncertain and so like I really want to make sure that the members of my organization have the tools, have the resources to be able to make this change. I think Hillary just brought up like a really big distinction between like how Taylor was talking about the how it's harmful to assume that everyone like needs help and that everyone's having trouble, whereas Hillary said she wants to empower them. So it's not that these people can't show up or like aren't willing to show up. It's like they're scared to show up, like empower them and like how do you think members of HSA, like, what method do you think they would respond the best to? For me, it's always about comfort. Because, like, if you're, like, walking down and people are like, have you registered to vote? It's so, like, intense sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, that's how I got registered to vote. But that's not how, like, it's like. Yeah, that's not going to work for everyone who yeah. isn't always as comfortable yeah. in those spaces. And so, like. I'm just going to go back like to specifically HSA. We're like a tight knit community. Like we want to make sure that like it's a home away from home that our members feel comfortable. And so like 
if somebody is comfortable with you, it's that best opportunity to be able to educate them. And so, like, being able to be like, hey, like, in the past, like, underrepresented communities have not had the opportunity to vote. Like, it's, yeah. it's been like that. And so, like, educating them on the history and, like, letting them know that there is this opportunity for change and, like, why it's so important to vote. Being, like, you know, making it easier for them by, like, bringing people who can register them to vote at the meeting is, like, a lot easier than just, like walking around trying to like you know yeah i get what you mean well i was gonna say that what you are doing is like you are organizing your community and that that's what works the best because having a personal relationship with someone like you need that trust there when you're working with folks who don't you know you're not gonna trust a stranger yeah you need to build that relationship first and that's the best way to to bring people to the polls with you and that's you know why we we focus on organizing at MNC. yeah and i think another important part of empowering them and their voices is because i mean a lot of marginalized groups don't feel like their voices really even matter when they participate in that way so yeah there are other things like comfort and like things like that but there's also the back burner of okay even if i do nobody's really listening or paying attention to me so what does that mean which i think ties into the whole like educating aspect of it like if you tell them like people who've showed out And, like, you show them the numbers. Like this report. Yeah, like this report. (laughs) Yeah, we out here. We we kind of out here right now. And, like, if you show them these numbers, I think it, like, really hits them that they're like, hey, like, yeah, I'm just one person, but that doesn't mean that my vote is not going to count. Yeah. It's like, I'm I'm just one person, but, like, it's not just me Mm -hmm. because my community got me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good tagline. (laughs) My community got me. (laughs) I like that. Like we've been mentioning with all of our issues here, we're not being seen, even though we're there. And if we have people like us in these positions and they're the ones doing the seeing, then there's the opportunity for a lot more resources for our community. And it was an opportunity to create a government that looks a lot more like us and that is actually thinking about us when it makes their decisions. You could even say it was built by us. Who would say that? Moving ahead to 2020, the Latinx community will keep growing here in North Carolina. The turnout will be even greater, and y'all are going to be there for each other, right? Right! (laughs) So if you're interested in reading this Latinx report and reading some of the statistics we've been talking about or learning more about the Latinx population in North Carolina and how they're showing out and how they're going to continue to show out, you can find it at dimnc.co slash latinx. For listening to this podcast made of by and for the people. Bye. <laughs>